Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton, North Carolina. We want to share with you sweet songs of worship and an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from heaven into your heart and home, right where you are. I saw the Lord seated on his throne. He was clothed in glory, exalted high, and the train of his robe. It filled the temple The angels circled round him And cried You And woe is me. 
they have seen the Holy King and he cleansed my lips right before I died and the pillar shook as the angels cried Good morning, beloved. I'm so glad to be back with you this morning, and I want to take you to the seventh chapter of Daniel. The first six chapters focus on Daniel. The last six chapters focus on the prophecy that Daniel received through Revelation. So these six chapters, we're going to be digging into biblical prophecy. So if you pick up your Bibles and look with me at chapter 7, the Bible says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head, 
while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth that was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts... They had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with its feet, and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. 
And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. This morning, I want to speak to you about the prophecy of the Son of Man. The prophecy of this Son of Man brings great encouragement to us from chapter 7. How does it encourage us? There are five encouragements in this prophetic passage describing the eventual and total victory of the kingdom of Christ. To number one, there's encouragement in the prophecy of the four beasts. Here in the seventh chapter, Daniel receives prophetic information through a powerful vision and dream while he was asleep. He received this vision from God between chapters 4 and 5, around 553 B.C. In other words, this vision and interpretation occurred before the lion's den that we saw last week. And Daniel is about 67 years old here when he receives this vision. This directly connects to the vision of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2 when he saw the statue picturing the four kingdoms. But here in Daniel 7, he sees the character of these nations that will rise to power. I want to take a quick look at these four beasts and the victory Christ will exert over them all. Daniel saw these beasts rise out of the Mediterranean Sea in his dream, which symbolizes the Gentile world. The first beast is the winged lion. This beast represents the kingdom of Babylon, which is where modern-day Iraq is. The empire that destroyed Jerusalem in 586 B.C. and hauled Daniel and others back to Babylon. This kingdom equals the head of gold seen in chapter 2. The empire of Babylon existed from 626 B.C. to 539 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar is also the lion with its wings plucked off of it, referring to the time of seven years of his insanity and then given a heart of a man, describing his restoration when he stood back up and was restored over his kingdom as the king. The second beast is the bear with three ribs in his mouth. This symbolizes the Medo-Persian Empire that ruled from 539 to 330 B.C. This empire was lopsided, raised up on one side, as the Persians were greater than the Medes in this joint empire. The three ribs represent the three major conquests in campaigns by the Medo-Persians, the Lydian campaign in modern-day Turkey, the Chaldean campaign in modern-day Iraq, and the Egyptian campaign where Cambyses, the son of Cyrus, took over Egypt. The Medo-Persian Empire, Daniel also participated in, uh, that was visible in chapter 6 when he was cast into the lion's den. It was Darius the Mede who was over the whole kingdom. 
And then the third beast is the four-headed leopard with four wings who is running without his feet touching the ground. This is the empire of Greece with Alexander the Great and his successors. Young Alexander, a military genius, conquered the whole empire in breakneck speed all the way to India in just three years. However, he died at a young age at 33 years old, likely poisoned by one of his commanders. And then his kingdom was divided four ways among four of his generals. And then the fourth beast, a terrifying and powerful beast, is the military machine of the Roman Empire. And this beast, as we'll see, is instrumental in the end times. Then I'm going to identify a fifth kingdom, the little horn who rises up from the ten horns, and this fifth kingdom is really a fifth ruler. It's an arrogant and vain dictator who is ruthless and will kill anyone who interferes with his power. He appears in verse 8, taking dominion over three horns and control over the other seven horns. And he has a big mouth, pompous words. He's arrogant, and he rises up as a, a vain dictator. So as we look at these kingdoms, we realize that Daniel has been given a, a snapshot of the succession of world empires all the way to the end of time until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we see prophecy fulfilled, as we do right now with this coronavirus, seeing the stage set for a global control, we realize that the time is short and Jesus is coming back soon. And we can be encouraged because we can be prepared. We need to understand prophecy and be ready for the return of Christ, just as he promised, beloved. Let's get ready. Christ is coming. Number two, there's encouragement in the judgment of the Ancient of Days. In verse 9, we see a picture of the Ancient of Days. This Ancient of Days is God himself. The world is currently headed toward judgment, and God the Creator has appointed this world for judgment. Here in this passage, we get a glimpse of that heavenly courtroom and the conviction of that final world dictator. This visual has tremendous power as the throne room of God in the description of the Ancient of Days. We see him. He has a white garment as white as snow. He has hair on his head as white like pure wool. He has a throne which is a fiery flame with fire shooting out of it, symbolizing the awesome power of God. And he sits in a place of total authority on the throne of all creation with an innumerable host of people surrounding a head of the throne. It's the Ancient of Days and all his splendor and all his destructive power to judge seated on the throne of heaven. This is our God. This ought to bring us to strengthen our faith. This ought to help us and inspire us. As Daniel's given us a rare glimpse into heaven and into the future, the enormous crowd of people standing in front of the throne waiting on the verdict of this world dictator and his followers who killed believers in Christ without mercy. James says there's appointed once for a man to die, and then the judgment, judgment day is coming with the Ancient of Days. Are you prepared, beloved, for that judgment day? Are you prepared to stand before the Lord? That ought to cause us to sit up and take notice. That ought to cause us to, to be sober and vigilant and understand there's a judgment day on its way. As Amos said, prepare to meet your God. I hope that you're prepared to meet God one day because it's coming. Number three, 
There's encouragement in the appointment of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. Here we have this beautiful picture of the Son of Man. This set of verses represent the absolute rule and reign of the Son of Man. In fact, verse 13 represents the most frequently quoted verse from Daniel in the New Testament. The Son of Man coming in the clouds foreshadows the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Jesus himself said in Mark 8 that the Son of Man must suffer many things. He said, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Jesus also prophesied that he would return to earth in the clouds, Matthew 24, 30. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather all his elect. Here's what Gleason Archer says. The person who appears before God in the form of a human being is of heavenly origin. He comes to the place of a coronation accompanied by clouds of heaven and is clearly no mere human being in essence. The expression, like a son of man, identifies this final ruler of the world, not only as human, but in contrast to the beasts, the four world empires, but as the heavenly sovereign incarnate. During his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus maintained the same emphasis on his incarnate nature that he was truly human as well as truly God. He repeatedly referred to himself as the Son of Man, the same one foretold in Daniel 7, 13, Moreover, verse 13 is the only place in the Old Testament where Son of Man is used of a divine personage rather than a human being. Furthermore, Christ himself emphasized his return to earth accompanied by clouds. Nothing could be clearer than that Jesus regarded Daniel 7:13 as predictive of himself and that the two elements like a Son of Man and with clouds of heaven combined to constitute a messianic title. Beloved, Jesus is the Son of Man who is coming back to earth to gather his own children and set things right. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, a fact which we will see further in the book of Daniel, particularly chapter 9, and a fact which requires us to acknowledge these prophecies are for today. The Messiah of the Old Testament is the Jesus Christ of the New Testament. I challenge you to accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah to believe in him, he is faithful and true and will acknowledge you before the Father if you acknowledge him before men. Accept him, receive him, believe in him. He is the Messiah, the Savior of humanity. Number four, there's encouragement in preparing for the spiritual war with the emissary of Satan, that wicked world dictator. Here in this passage from verses 15 to 25, we see the angel interpreting for Daniel these things. He's disturbed by this tremendous vision. This vision that he has at night, this dream that foretells the future of the earthly kingdoms made him literally uh, so sick in the spirit and troubled that he asked an angel to help him understand. So Daniel was troubled about the persecution of the saints. 
Uh, in Hebrew, that word saints is the holy ones. That identifies the believers in God, the, the chi child of God and the saved, born again by the Spirit of God. And so Daniel asks the angel to help him understand this vision so that he assures Daniel that although the saints would be embroiled in a spiritual war, that they would eventually prevail and ultimate victory would be theirs when the saints were granted the power to rule over the world. This fourth beast creates tremendous curiosity for Daniel, and specifically the little horn. What is the meaning of the little horn? The angel interprets that fourth kingdom as a different kingdom than the prior three kingdoms. This kingdom, understood as the Roman Empire, would conquer everything in its path. The ten horns describe ten nations that at the time of the end would rise out of the ancient Roman Empire, forming a coalition, perhaps the European Union. And the little horn would rise above the ten horns, bringing three and a complete uh, subservience and seven under his authority as well. This little horn speaks blasphemous words and has the eyes of a man and is the wicked dictator who rises to world power at the time of the end. He will persecute the saints and, and try for three and a half years to change times and seasons, even putting himself on the Temple Mount to be worshipped as a god, as we'll see through the prophecies. This dictator will impose a new legal system based on totalitarian principles, which the service of the government or the state will be substituted for the absolute standards of God's moral law. All opposition to the, the decisions and policies of the little horn will be judged treason and punishable by death. His program will include a revision of the calendar implied by the phrase to change the times. In fact, that's already been attempted once unsuccessfully during the French Revolution, which was kicked off in 1789. Beloved, this is the Antichrist. This is the one who would the beast of Revelation, this is the man of sin. Second Thessalonians says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be revealed according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Beloved, this is the Antichrist we see in Revelation 13. The Bible says, I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and, set, and ten horns, and on his horns, ten crowns, and on his heads, a blasphemous name. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. And they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Three and a half years, according to Daniel 7. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. 
and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This is the Antichrist. And we see, though, in verses 11 and 27 of Daniel 7, the demise of this little horn, the world dictator. God, the heavenly judge, will judge the world dictator by opening the books and bringing a guilty verdict on him in the divine courtroom of heaven and dropping the gavel for this sentence of eternal death. The good news is the spiritual battle we're currently fighting will come to an end one day, and Jesus promised to take care of his children and that he would never put more on us than we could bear. The timeline of redemptive history has the rapture of the church prior to the rule of the wicked world dictator who rules during the seven-year tribulation period on earth. Are you ready to face the end times? Do you know that you know that you have Christ in your heart and are you have perfect peace to face this trouble prophesied in Daniel 7? And the last encouragement is found in verse 27. There's encouragement in the everlasting kingdom of Christ with the saints. This verse says, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heavens shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. God is going to rule in a heavenly ruling in behalf of the children of God. And we will sit with Jesus, our atoning Savior, for a thousand years on earth and then in the new Jerusalem forever and ever. Billy Graham said many times when I go to bed at night, I think to myself that before I awaken, Christ may come. John Calvin said this, We must hunger after Christ until the dawning of that great day when our Lord will fully manifest the glory of his kingdom. Beloved, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May we be ready to meet the Lord on that day, and may God bless you, and I look forward to sharing with you next week. Thank you for listening to Crestview Inspiration. May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk this week. So on behalf of the Crestview family, we invite you back next week, Friday at 10 a.m. on WPTL, as we spread the good news of Jesus.